This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are continuing to walk through the Gospels, and one of the and today's topic is really interesting. I'm I'm eager to hear and learn about it as much as hopefully you will be. It's how discipleship welcomed the Messiah, which is a very interesting point because I've never associated discipleship with the birth of Jesus, and I think that's what you're talking about today. Am I wrong? Yes. No. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to pick up in Matthew chapter one. And uh, before we get to the discipleship part, which I think our listeners are a part of our discipleship tribe, that's why they're here and listening. Uh, But I want to show you a few callbacks. Remember, we talked about these callbacks being Keshers to the Old Testament. Yes. And uh, what I want to show you is a couple callbacks to the life of Joseph. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's read Genesis, I mean, uh, Matthew 1, 18. And we're going to okay. remember some callbacks to Genesis along the way. So let's okay. just up. Matthew 1.18, the nativity of the Messiah yes. is what the pericope is saying in my Bible. Mm-hmm. The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. (laughs) I wondered if I was getting too far ahead. No, you were getting, you were doing fine. Okay. So obviously Jesus, Jesus's father's name, Joseph and that's interesting because of all the names he could have been, Yochanan, Simeon, Reuben, he could have been any name. His name was Joseph, and I don't think that's by accident. Now, you'll notice in this passage, you're going to see two dreams in this section. Um, one dream in the life of Joseph in the beginning of the ministry uh, before Jesus comes, and then one dream after when Joseph, Joseph is told to go to Egypt with the child. And if you remember, okay. there's another Joseph in the Bible yes. that has multiple dreams in the yes. Old Testament. Joseph is a dreamer, some might say. Yes. Like there's an 80s dreamer. rock song waiting to roll out of all this uh, talk yeah. right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, Genesis 37, we see a lot of parallels between uh, the life of Jesus and the life of Joseph. And you got to remember, Joseph was a Messiah-like figure. And yes. so the callback right away is in verse 20. You can write your Bible, Genesis okay. 37, 5. That's the callback to the dream in the Old Testament. Uh, Joseph's a picture of Christ for a number of ways. We don't have a lot of time, but I'll just give you a, a quick overview. Joseph was disowned by his family. So was Jesus. Nobody believed in Joseph early on. They did later in life. Joseph was convicted of a crime, think about this, that he never committed, right? Mm-hmm. He was put in a pit, and then he was put in a prison. On, I'm seeing on, on some parallels. I'm seeing, I'm seeing some a parallels. few parallels, yeah. Uh, through all of this, God raises him up to sit at the right hand of Pharaoh. Mm. Pretty interesting. It's <laughs> huh? a pretty interesting one. And Very. then finally, God uses Joseph single-handedly 
to save the people from famine the same way God uses Jesus to save the people, not from physical harm, but from spiritual separation from the Father. So we see this parallel early on, and then we're going to continue reading. So Genesis, I mean, Genesis, I keep thinking of Genesis. Go to Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 23. Let's read this uh, quotation from Isaiah. Yes, it's, uh, I'm going to start with 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. In verse 23, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Okay, now, we may have said this before, but I think it's worth repeating. Matthew begins and ends his gospel bookended with the phrase, God is with us. Mm. And that is the entire summation of the gospel of Matthew. He is going to prove that God has finally come. See, that's what Jesus is saying. When he says the first line out of his mouth, in every gospel writer, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first words out of Jesus's mouth, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What Jesus is not, he's not saying the kingdom of heaven is some way off in the distance. The kingdom of heaven is coming one day. What Jesus is saying is the kingdom you have been waiting for is now here and you can enter it today. You see the difference? That's what he's saying yes. in, in Matthew. God is with us. Now you may be wondering, where does he end Matthew with the words, God is with us? Remember Matthew 28, the Great Commission. The final words, behold, remember this? Yes. Behold, lo, surely I will yes. be with you always always to the end of the age. And so basically, basically he is book ending Matthew to show you the entire gospel is about God tabernacling, <laughs> being with his people. Okay? That's it. We're, I think we're done with this podcast today. Okay. I don't think we <laughs> well, there's else. more to talk about there. Let's continue on in uh, Matthew chapter two, where it really okay. gets interesting. Really interesting. Really? Yes, really. The wise men visit the king. Is this where we learn about the discipleship taking place? Yes. Ushers in the Chapter Messiah. Chapter 2, verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. I'll read it. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise Underline men, that. Underline King Herod. Remember King that Herod. mental note. Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Keep going. Saying... Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Okay, a couple insights here before we go on, okay? A uh, couple of things we see is King Herod, okay? King Herod, if you know, he was the evil king that had three sons. He was the ruler of the world. He wanted to be known as the master builder, the master architect. He added on to the temple to make it one of the great wonders of the world. Uh, he had so much money. They were in spice trading and uh, trade routes. Uh, he had so much money, he didn't know what to do with it, so he just spent it on building and structures. He wanted to be remembered for years to come. Can I enter so, a side note here as you're talking about Herod and his building? I feel like in, in the Old Testament, but also just in the ancient world, figures of power invested heavily in what they built. That was their legacy and a show of their power. If you think about like the pyramids and you think about some of the famous buildings that were built. And when it comes to gospel, we think about the temple and then we think about the dwelling place shifting from a physical building to the individual. That's pretty strong as well. 
Ooh, you got me good. thinking that with Herod. Hey, that's good. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Herod's trying to build buildings made by hand. God's trying to build mm. a kingdom of, of a people written on their heart. That's pretty <laughs> interesting dichotomy. Okay. Two things I want to show you. First of all, it says we are here to find the one who is predicted to be born king of the Jews. Okay. Wh where are they hearing that from? They're hearing that, or they know that from Isaiah chapter 60, verse three. So uh, you look up Isaiah 60, Mr. Swain, verse three, and I'm going to get the other cross reference, which is Numbers 24, 17, okay. which Numbers 24, 17 says about a star that will rise Ooh. from the sky in the sky. Well, let me read Isaiah 60, verse three. Verse three, Na watch this. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Ooh, now that's an interesting cross-reference insight there. Wonderful connection. The word nations, you have to remember, is another word for pagan Gentiles, outcast, outsiders. So what do we have here? We have a group of outsiders, the wise men. These are not Jews. These are not part of the nation. They are going to come to see the what? The light. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Now we have another reference in Numbers 24, 17, which basically says, I see now, I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob. A scepter will rise from Israel. So what are we seeing here? The rising of the scepter, the rising of the light, and the nations, just as God predicted in the Old Testament, are going to come to worship the Messiah Jesus. Now, when we come back, I want to show you an insight about the title, King Herod. And it's in plain view, but I'm almost certain most of us have missed it up to this point. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back, continuing to talk about Herod. I am very intrigued by what we are going to find out here that is hidden in plain sight. Maybe not hidden at all, but hidden to modern American Bible readers like myself. Well, it's so just what hidden it? because we're not looking for it. So let's keep going. Verse 3. Let's continue reading. Matthew 2, verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Okay, now let's stop there. The question that we need to ponder and think about is this. How in the world are Gentile wise men, astronomers, astrologers could be, uh, how, how are these guys able to come to Jerusalem at the exact moment to worship the Messiah right after he's born? 
Think about that. Have you ever thought about that? Now, some people say, ah, it's the Lord. He's providential. He worked in their heart. Okay, I get that. Let's put that out the way for a moment. They had to, in human terms, get to this place, okay? Now, here's what you got to understand. This journey from Babylon, which we believe, there, whenever it says the East, normally it's Babylon, okay, normally. The East Babylon was a six to eight month journey to get there, okay? Very expensive journey, very dangerous journey. It could be from Persia. Some people said from Persia, but I'm going to go with Babylon, but let's just say Babylon. Very dangerous journey. They traveled there with gifts, very expensive gifts. We know what the gifts are, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they had a lot of them and a lot of the gifts to give to them. So very expensive gifts, very dangerous journey. Why in the world would they do this? I want to make the case that I believe these men, you ready for this, were disciples of Daniel. Mm. Were disciples of Daniel. Go back to Daniel chapter 2, and I'll show you a couple passages that I want you to read. Daniel chapter 2, verse 12. Okay. And I'm going to show you that Daniel made a deal with the king. And what he said is, because remember, the king was going to destroy the wise men, the astrologers or the astronomers. I think that, what are they called? Astrologers? Uh, I Astronomers study space. Astrologers yeah, no, study I think it's stars. I think it's astrologers. It's, it's, yes, it's study, yeah, of stars, astrology. Yeah, and, and basically what they're trying to do is predict the future because of the stars. So right. they were trying to, they couldn't discern the dream. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar says they're done. Daniel comes in and says, no, let me, let me lead these guys. And so notice what happens. Daniel chapter two, verse 12. It says, because of this, the king became violently angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Oh, that's what's interesting. The CSB translates this not as astrologers, as wise men. Uses the same words. That's good. Very interesting, right? Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. Let's drop down. Got it. 48 says, it's way down here. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many generous gifts. He made him a ruler over the entire province of Babylon and chief governor over all the wise men of Babylon. Okay, so here, here's Daniel who rises up as this Jewish boy or Jewish man, rises up to power, and Nebuchadnezzar gives him authority to disciple the wise men. He is over the wise men. Okay, so here's the million-dollar question. Daniel's going to disciple these pagan Gentiles in a foreign land. What is he discipling them in? That's a good question. Uh, He's discipling them in just, I don't know. That's a good question. Messianic theology. Remember, (laughs) remember, the Jewish nation was waiting for the Messiah like we wait for Christmas or New Year's, right? Some of us are waiting for the new year to come. Thank God it's close, right? I mean, it is almost here. <laughs> the turning of a day on the calendar will make everything okay. 2020, just a thing of the past for some of us. But um, they waited for the Messiah's coming like that. And now Daniel's going to teach him. But here's the thing. Daniel doesn't have the prophets yet. Daniel doesn't have the writings yet. That's all Daniel has is the Torah. Yeah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So he's going to teach them verses like Genesis, I mean, uh, Numbers 24, 17. There will come a star that will rise from Jacob and a scepter Mm. from Israel. So they knew these scriptures. And I believe the reason these guys show up 
at the exact moment that Jesus is born, they plan their six month journey. This isn't yeah. like you and I saying, hey, I want to go to dinner tonight at seven. We'll leave at six. These guys have to plan like a year out when they're going to leave, when they're going to arrive. And they show up on the scene shortly after the birth. And obviously, Jesus is not a baby at this point. Uh, some people think he's a little, uh, he's been born for a little while. But regardless, they show up. This isn't no, you know, last minute journey here. Okay. So watch the next verse. This is the key I want you to see. Verse seven. The next verse is going to be crazy to think verse about. Verse 7 in Matthew 2? Yes. Matthew 2 is in verse 7. Sorry, I'm, I'm going back and forth between a lot of, of passages here. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them to exact the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Okay, now here's what's interesting. Some people have tried to, to say this is like a regular star and this is a normal star in the sky. I'm convinced this isn't a normal star. And the reason I don't think it's a normal star is if you notice a couple things, it says that the star rose, then you'll see later in the passage, the star actually moves. Um, look at verse 9. The star has seen at its rising. Then it led them to a place and stopped. So this is a star that stops. And then they saw the star over the home. Then they enter the home. So you got to understand this, in my opinion, this is not a normal yeah. star. That's a normal here. star. That is a very magic star. That's, that's the shooting star of shooting stars right yeah. there. That thing can shoot and stop and shoot that's again. That's the hail bop comet of the early uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I go there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a star that going, moves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going yeah. down that that trail. I believe it was. I, I agree with you. It was probably something that God used to show them where to go. Okay. Now go to Daniel 9:24, and then we're going to make two points, and we're done. But I'm going to show you two insights before we finish Daniel 9:24, because you're probably wondering how did they figure out the time period? Well, Daniel mm -hmm. told them. Daniel 9:24 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to bring the rebellion to an end to put a stop to sin to atone for iniquity to bring an end everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place okay so basically he said you're going to have 70 weeks okay so 70 weeks times seven is what? 70 times seven is 490. 490 years, basically. Okay, he's talking years here. 490 years from the time of my speaking in Babylon is the coming of the Messiah. Now, you can work this out and look at it by different calendars, but if you take the time of Daniel and you chart 490 years, you get to the birth of the Messiah, which is not zero. Remember, this is not zero. Jesus wasn't born on zero. He was born on 4 BC, okay? Mm -hmm. 4 BC, if you take out zero, he dies on 30 AD. He dies at 33. That's how we get 33 on 30 AD, because he was born at four. But Daniel predicted it, okay? And here's what I think is fascinating. They didn't have pens or papers or moleskins or iPads or cell phones or notes apps. They had a memory mm. and they had 
discipleship. And here's what I want you to listen and hear, hear me. They had to pass on for 490 years the prophecy that was told to them about a Jewish Messiah in a pagan foreign land not to be forgotten generation after generation after generation after generation until the coming generation says, we're going to be the ones that go. You think about this. Hmm. Legacy after legacy, passing down, passing down. And if they would have forgotten it, the wise men would have been excluded from the story of Jesus. And here's what happens. Something shifts in Matthew that Matthew wants us to get to the casual reader you miss. Chapter 2, verse 1, notice this. When it refers to Herod, Mm-hmm. It gives him a title. And you got to remember the theme of Matthew. This is going to be the, it's going to be worth the wait. Watch this. Herod is called King Herod. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse three, chapter two. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the wise men tell him the prophecy in Bethlehem, This is who's going to be born. The ruler of the world, the shepherd of Israel is born. Verse 7, and from that point on in Matthew to the end of the book, Herod is never referred to as king. He simply referred to, look at verse 7, as Herod. Hmm. Why is that? Because what Matthew is showing us is something he wants us to see. There's only one king of the world, and now he's born. Herod may think he's the king, but Jesus, the baby born in the manger to these poor uh, parents who were out ostracized and and cast out, this is the king of the world. Now, what Matthew's going to do is, for the rest of the book, is show us that the kingdom has come because (laughs) the king is here. You, you may be winning me over from Mark. I'm, I'm liking Matthew more and more as we dive into it. Deeper. We're not even in yet. Just wait. We're not Man. even in. Well, it's been a good one today. I definitely learned a lot. I think it's going to be a continued epic journey. If you enjoy the podcast, do us a favor. Text a friend right now. Share it with them. If you like it, you can rate it and give it five stars. That will help us out wherever you are listening to your podcast. And as always, thanks for listening. And until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.